This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Life is good. Uh, so we have high hopes moving into our holiday season. Normally it's a time of rest and, and we have these expectations of having fun in the sun, having wonderful celebratory meals, maybe going to some nice places, and then COVID comes again. Lord, help us. Anyway, so for those who were planning to go to the UK, not this December. You're going to chill around here. Praise God. For those who don't know, we have action again. Oh, let's just breathe in deeply. Okay, so I have good news. God's got this. He is in control or in charge and he loves us. Okay, so we have high Hopes for December, for holiday seasons. And this Friday evening, um, we did a, a wedding here. And it was beautiful because the, the bridegroom, he was just in tears quite a few times as we go through the ceremony. He was just so emotional and it was wonderful to see just the expectation of life together. I was just, I was inspired just to see again the excitement, the joy, like, oh, we're going to have this beautiful life together. And I think, I mean, obviously, as millions, not if billions of couples have been at that moment, they're at the altar with this excitement of this wonderful future together, high hopes. And then, it doesn't always pan out like they were hoping, unfortunately. Especially if we don't do it God's way. If we do it God's way, yes, it's going to be even better than you can hope for. But if we don't do it God's way, if we don't do relationships God's way, then there's a lot of pain and a lot of disappointment that waits in our future for us. So I want to help us today to have a beautiful December, relationally speaking. Because as I was sharing with these, this, this couple, it just dropped into my spirit that the Harmonious relationships amplifies the beauty of life. Harmonious relationships amplifies the beauty of life. In other words, that when relationships work, everything around us becomes prettier, more beautiful. We enjoy our surroundings because of the unity, because of the harmony, because of our relationships that are working and beautiful. And the opposite is also true, that if it's not working, it just steals the beauty from our surroundings. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but even when you know, Sonic and I would, we years ago went to Umgazi, which is a, a, a holiday resort just uh, in, on the wild coast. And, and we saved for quite a while to go, and we were so excited, planning for months before. And now we're there, and it's beautiful, it feels like a tropical island somewhere. The food is amazing. The environment is amazing. It's wonderful. And then my wife and I miss one another. We have conflict. Do you know what happens? There's nothing beautiful. And it's costing you a lot of money for nothing beautiful. This is like, this sucks. This is terrible. This, 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 this. Everything becomes dark and dreary. And it's like, oh, 
my wife is upset and we're missing one another. And now I'm sitting at the restaurant table on my, on my own. Or even worse, we're sitting there and we're both like staring somewhere and everybody's looking at you like, oh, this is terrible. No, don't look at me with those holy, like the Udo guys don't struggle with relationships. <laughs> the truth is, we all miss one another at times. When it's harmonious, it amplifies the beauty of life. You can be in a dreary, boring, normal environment because the relationships are beautiful, everything becomes amplified. And you can be the most exotic, wonderful place in the world if your relationships are strained. It's just like, it just sucks the life out of everything. So relationships, relationships. Yeah, we want to, this, this series about community, we want to put relationships back onto our radar to make it our focus. And I want to help you guys today how to have beautiful relationships. Any relationship, friendships, family, marriage, you can apply it to any area of your life. But we need, we need harmonious relationships. And so some years ago, like 2003, I think I was, I went to Angola. I went to the, I went there a week before the, the missions team to prepare for an evangelistic outreach. So I flew up before the time the team was going to drive up. And uh, I thought it was a brilliant idea. So I'm going on my own. It's a Portuguese-speaking nation. I'm staying in a in relatively nice accommodation. I'm eating in a restaurant every day. And it was just really, really hard. You know, I was on my own. Can't relationally connect with almost anybody. And even though the environment is beautiful and the food is great, it was just like, this isn't fun. And so the team was supposed to be there within a week. And as the old days before WhatsApp, can you believe it? There were days without WhatsApp. So I had to go to an internet shop to email the guys in Cape Town to ask, where's the team? Why are they not coming? So we're like more than a week in, the team's not coming. And they're driving up, so they can't speak to them. And we don't know what's going on. So in the end, it was like, I think it was 11 days. I was on my own. It should have just been like five to six, seven days max. So 11 days on my own. I don't know what's happening. And so I come back to my area where I was staying. As I walked in there, the team was. And they're like, oh, surprise. I just cried. I was just I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> it's just terrible to be on your own. Terrible. I mean, even with my translator, the almost only guy that I could speak to, you know, he wasn't a really committed believer. So at some point I led him to Jesus. So we were in this open, you know, open public space and Shared with him, and then I prayed for him for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So this quite tall guy has this very emotional moment. In the end, you know, he's like, his head is on my shoulder. He's weeping. I'm holding him. I'm like, everything's okay. You know, this is my only connection with human life. It was just very weird. But then that that time, I discovered how bad it is to be on your own. The one on your own. It's not fun. And so this verse really came alive to me. Luke chapter 10 verse 1. I discovered why Jesus sends them out two by two. Come on, say two. Two. There's the power of two. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face. Before his face. I love that. Two by two 
before his face. Oh, there's something there. There's something so beautiful there. The power of two before his face. Aligned with the purposes of God. There is something so beautiful there. Into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So after that Angola trip, I made a commitment like never ever again. If I at all, if I can, I'm taking somebody with me. Because it's not fun to be on your own. So if you look at the dog picture again, just go to the dog picture again. Ah, prophesying your future. Just happy, joyful, wonderful December holiday, fun in the sun, peace, joy, relational harmony and unity. If you listen to me today, only if you listen to the word of the Lord today, you're going to have a beautiful December. Okay, so I want to share with you how to have harmonious relationships how to be in harmony and unity with those around you so that you can amplify the beauty of life. So even earlier this week, I was in Cape Town for a conference and the church that was hosting really blessed me, put me in a five-star hotel, one of the best hotels in the, on the continent, fancy restaurant. And I tell you, it just wasn't so awesome without my loved one. Without Sonica, it just wasn't so awesome. I had a few pastor friends come over, so we had some coffee and connecting, and so that was fun. But I tell you, the power of two, the power of a friend, the power of a connection with somebody else, it makes everything beautiful. And so the opposite is also true, that broken relationships break hearts, and it becomes the filter through which we view life. So when we have broken relationships, it affects our hearts. It affects the way we look at life around us. And it steals from us all the beauty that there is supposed to be. Okay, so how can we take hold of the power of two? And how can we have harmonious relationships? I want to unpack that for us. How can we amplify the beauty of life? So let me quickly pray. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us today. Father... Thank you, Lord, for your word that is truth and your word that is life and your word that transforms us. God, thank you for understanding. Thank you for revelation for each of us, for our specific situation in the name of Jesus. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and unpack this for us. Come and reveal to us how we can have harmonious, beautiful relationships in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I shared about the number one reason for broken relationships. The number one relationship killer. Can you remember what that is? Number one. Yes. Peter, thank you. Selfishness. You see, if you've been around the block long enough, then you've met self. And it's not pretty. Eh? It's not pretty. So the number one relationship killer Is you, the unredeemed you, the selfish you. When self, that ugly self, selfishness rises up, it breaks relationships. That my will be done mantra versus Jesus, which is, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. 
Not my will be done, God, but yours. Laying down self. That creates an environment for beautiful relationships. Okay, so a few weeks ago I spoke about that and uh, unpacked it there. So you and I need to value relationships. Why? Because God does. Let's look at this. Matthew 5, 23. Let's look at this from a few different angles. Matthew 5, 23. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So let's unpack that. It says, if you bring your gift to the altar. So it's like on a Sunday, like you're coming to worship Jesus. And we're always bringing a gift because he is the king of kings. He is glorious. You don't come empty-handed to the king. You come to the king... So bringing a gift. What is a gift? That's your worship, your heart, yourself. You bring yourself to him. And so as you bring yourself to him, it says there, and there remember, come on, say remember, that your brother has something against you. So it's not you being offended with somebody else. You remember there's a strained relationship. There's somebody that you maybe have hurt or disappointed or offended. There, but somewhere there's a strained relationship. And I, I have experienced it so many times. When I draw near to God, I, I experience the Lord coming to knock on the door of my heart. And he makes me aware of relationships that are strained so that I can heal them. You see, our God is a relational God. And he's saying when you come and you want to worship him, you want to bring yourself to him. You want to love on him. He is like, stop. Do not bring that gift. Park it. Leave your gift there. First, go and be reconciled. First, go and make right with somebody. Because there's a relational breakdown. You see, our God values relationships so much. He's like, I'm not interested in your worship. I'm not interested in your gift. I am not interested in, you know, coming and like being deeply spiritual if your relationships are falling apart. Because our God is a relational God. And I've, I've experienced this so many times. You know, when Sonic and I, we miss one another, my wife and I, we miss one another. And like, oh, we're not finding one another. I get worked up and I'm like, just leave it. Okay. Then I'm walking. I need to go calm down. Okay. So now I'm walking and I'm like, woman, I'm going. So now I'm going and, 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 and I'm like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with Jesus until that woman sorts herself out. And then I'm like reading and I'm maybe trying to pray and I'm like, there is nothing, no connection. No connection. There is just conviction. Like, Andre, go make right with your wife. You are freaking her out. You are punishing her. Go back and make right. So I'm like, okay. Honey, I'm sorry. And then she says she's sorry. 
And then we unpack and we get to understand one another why she's upset and why I'm worked up. And then we find understanding and then we find reconciliation. And then that is beautiful. Beautiful, reconciled. And when we are reconciled, then you can again connect to God most high. If you have any sense of intimacy with God, this should be your reality. I question someone's intimacy with God if they are able to like worship and pray and read the Bible, but their relationships are falling apart. I'm sorry, I question your intimacy with God. How can you say I'm one with Jesus, but your relationships are falling apart? There should be conviction. There should be a cutting to the heart. There should be like go and make right. Okay, if you want, if you want the beauty of life to be amplified, then you need harmony in your relationships. You want this. This is beautiful. So, I mean, our hearts are frail. And in all of our relationships, we impact those around us. So it's so easy to hurt somebody. And when we hurt somebody, it is like taking a bucket of paint and you just chuck it over them. Here's a picture of a dog with paint. That is so cute. And that is us sometimes. Somebody hurt us, they chucked paint over us. Somebody said something that hurt us, disappointed us. Somebody didn't do what they said they're going to do. And that, and, and that, that covers us with paint. There's a mess. And sometimes it is us that is causing a, a mess on somebody else. We say something that really hurts. And I've seen this with our, with our son, for instance. You know, there are these moments in our lives where I know if I come down harshly on him right now, I can crush his heart. Or I can represent the love of the Father where I can be gracious and merciful and loving and that can heal him and restore him and it can remove the mess. So your words, your actions can impact somebody. It can chuck paint over them or it can clean them up and restore them. So what are you doing in your relationships? Your words, your actions. I mean, an extreme example uh, I read a, a story of an American couple. The dad is a sport fanatic, uh, uh, American football high school coach, and he's an intense character. He's got high standards, and he's like, come on, guys. He's like pushing the boys, and he's like an intense, really intense character. And so he has a teenager son, teenage son, and uh, and obviously he was... Wanting the best for his son, but he was pushing him. And so his boy, um, I think he drove too fast in the car or something like that. So his dad came down harshly and hard upon him. Like, you know, obviously he loves him. So he's like, don't do that. But he came down really harshly. And there's a talented, wonderful young man with leadership potential. But in this case, the next day, this young man went into the woods and he shot himself. So I'm like, I mean, even if dad overreacted, was angry, messed up, overdid it, that's one thing. But what if he went back later that evening and said, my boy, I I love you. I'm so sorry for overreacting. You are more important to me 
saying, your performance, your behavior, I love you. Oh, I mean, those kinds of things, you know, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes, but how we respond to those mistakes is so defining. If we've made a mess, are we cleaning up our messes? Do we understand the power of our words to crush or to heal, to break down or to restore? If we want harmonious relationships, if we want the, the beauty of life to be amplified, then you and I need to love well and be aware of our words, our words to our children, our words to our spouse, our word to our friends, our word to the way we speak and act to our family members. So you need to clean up your mess. I mean, as the scripture says, leave your gift. Just stop. Stop being religious. Stop being, oh, I'm so deep and blessed. God is not impressed. He's like, stop and go make right. Because he's a God of relationship. He's a God of relationship. And so I want to put this onto our radar. We need to evaluate our lives. We need to evaluate how we respond And yes, we make mistakes, but there's grace. God loves us and he restores us. So first, be reconciled to your brother. So how do we clean up our mess? Five key points to clean up our mess. You can put that on the screen. Number one, you need to own it. You need to own it. No, it's not them. It's you. Come on, say it, it's me. Okay, that's the starting point of a powerful person. You're not a victim. You own your stuff. I need to up my game. There's so many people walking around blaming everybody else for their broken relationships, and they're not taking ownership themselves. No, I'm not going to blame my wife. I could have been more loving. I could have been more kind. I could have spoken better. I could have been more patient. I must up my game. There's so many times where Sonic and I miss one another and then I realize if I was just, if, if my words were not so harsh, we would not have spiraled out of control. <laughs> if I responded in, with more kindness, it would have been better. So the step number one is you need to own it. It was, I was wrong. I overreacted. It's me. I'm not blaming anyone else. So we have on our apostolic team, uh, apostolic leadership team of the Shofar churches, once a month we have a Zoom meeting. So it's video call from 9 o'clock until around 5 o'clock. It's a long meeting. And we have discovered that around 4 o'clock the devil joins the meeting. Because we're tired and we're staring at a screen and like, do not, we've learned, do not talk about controversial stuff around 4 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. But so in this one meeting about a, a month ago, um, I was sharing something with the guys that I really feel strongly about. And I was really trying to get my point across, and I felt like some of the guys weren't listening. And at some point, the one guy, who is the chairman, but he interrupted me in the middle of my sentence. So he sort of cut me off and didn't allow me to finish my sentence. So I was like, you, that is so disrespectful. So I lost my cool. I said in front of everybody, you irritate me. I tend to shoot before I think. Speak before I think. Eh? Like ready, shoot, aim. 
Anyway, so you know how I was upset. I was so worked up because I felt so disrespectful. And I was feeling really strongly about this. I'm trying to bring my point across. But I was just so upset. So I just turned my video off and I walked away. Trying to calm down and trying to get my... I'm like, you are so disrespectful. I can't believe he does that. So anyway, so I phoned him behind the meeting. There was a break. So I phoned him and I spoke to him. And I was like, why do you do that? Why didn't you, you allow me to just finish my sentence? I just want to finish my sentence. You know? And so we were this way and that way. And then I realized, this is me. <laughs> I'm overreacting. I'm freaking out. Why am I freaking out? Why am I overreacting? Why? What's happening? And so I realized six months before, I was in a meeting where the same kind of thing happened. And that was a bunch of a larger group of people. He didn't allow me to finish my sentence. And it was a little bit humiliating. And I realized that I brought six months ago into this meeting. I was still, it was still affecting my heart. And I brought that baggage into this meeting. And I was upset and acted in an ungodly way. So I apologized to him. And we sort of solved things behind the scenes. And then a few weeks later, we had another meeting. And before the meeting, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Andre, repent. Apologize before everyone. It's like, oh, that's just, ouch. But so when my opportunity came to speak, I said, guys, I just want to say I'm really sorry for what happened in a previous meeting. I was out of line. It was it's ungodly. It's not how I want to be, want to act. I'm really sorry. And, um, and in the process, it was incredible because, I mean, the presence of God was there as I was apologizing. You know, and that is a miracle via Zoom. Absolute miracle. Feel the presence of God via Zoom. But it made such an impression on the guys because normally nobody, this doesn't happen. You know, somebody acts out and freaks out and then we move on. You know, even pastors sometimes lose it. But I realized that's wrong. I made a mess in front of the whole group. I need to clean up my mess. So I apologized, I owned it, and I made myself accountable to the guys. And that really made an impression on them. And I, and, and, I, and I knew that this is what God is calling me into. The moment I did that, I was saying, guys, I'm accountable to all of you to up my game. Because that was unacceptable. That's a misrepresentation of, of the nature of Christ. So number one, own it. It's you. Number two, apologize. Publicly, if you need to. You need to ask yourself, where was the mess? Because it might be husband and wife having a fight, missing one another, maybe shouting at one another. It's strange. You can feel it in the house. It's like, and you reconcile, you find one another, you apologize. Is there still a bigger mess to clean up? Well, if there are kids in the house, yes. Because when parents fight, kids feel very insecure. They get hurt. They get wounded in their hearts. There's paint going all over the place because they feel insecure. It can really affect kids. So if you have had a fight with your wife or with your spouse, then after you've cleaned up your mess with your spouse, now you need to go to the kids and say, hey, we really, mommy and daddy, really sorry. Um, You see, we've made up. It's okay to fight sometimes. We just fight decently. And we missed one another, but now you see we love one another, we're committed to one another, and so you don't need to be afraid. 
and you clean up your mess, you pray with them, and you heal the situation. Amen. So you need to always evaluate, where's the mess? So Danny Silk speaks about this concept of the mess, of the paint on the people or wherever. It's been, you need to evaluate the environment, and then you need to determine, well, what was the environment? Then you need to clean it up. So if you're in a life group, like one of our home groups, and maybe it came out, you know, you gossiped, you spoke negatively about somebody behind their backs, and it came out, you need to clean up that mess. First with a person, and then maybe to the whole group. Say, guys, I am so sorry. I spoke badly about this one. I repent. I realize it is wrong. And I just ask you guys to forgive me. I want to clean up my mess. I tell you that is so powerful. Because you are making yourself accountable to the people. And before the Lord, you are humbling yourself. And he will bless you. This is critical. This is critical. So we need to be accountable. Make yourself accountable. So I'm accountable to my wife, and I want to be faithful. I'm accountable to the elders of the church. I'm accountable to my good, good friend in Cape Town, Heinrich. I'm accountable. And I've told Sonica, if you, if, if, if she and me, if we miss one another, and we're not finding resolution, we will go somewhere for help. And if I am stuffing around, I'm drinking too much, I'm doing things that are sinful and I'm unrepentant and I'm not dealing with my stuff. I told my wife, Sonica, expose me. You go to the elders, you go to the church, you do whatever it takes, but you expose me because I need to have the fear of God upon my life. I would rather repent now than one day stand before God on judgment day and then it comes into the light. Amen? So accountability is massive. But you need to make yourself accountable. So if your spouse, if your husband or your wife is messing around and they're not dealing with their stuff and they're not repenting, expose them. That's love. That's love. Love is not to allow your spouse to hit you at home and to drink too much and to stuff around. And then you come to church and like everything is blessed. That is hypocrisy. That is fakeness, and that does not impress God. Who the heck cares what people think? It only matters what God says. That's where we stand. You're going to stand before God on judgment day one day on your own, and he's going to evaluate your whole life, every hidden thing, every secret thing. He's going to evaluate your life, the way you spoke to your spouse, the way you spoke to your children, the way you spoke to or treated the people around you. God sees it all. He knows where you click on the internet. He knows what you're doing. He knows how much you drink. He knows what you are doing in the dark of the night. You can hide nothing. So I want to be blameless and free before the living God. No secrets. Nothing hidden in Jesus' name. Amen. It's called the fear of God. It's like you're living, you're making yourself accountable. I'm like, expose me. Challenge me. Amen. That is if you want to really follow Jesus. That is if you really want to honor the living God with the way you live. All our computers, our phones, everything has got covenant eyes on. That means it's being monitored continuously. A good friend of mine in Cape Town, he gets email reports every week. I'm like, you better not click on stupid stuff. Because he's going to get screenshots. 
And I love it. So I'm not even thinking about messing around. Do what it takes to walk in purity. Do what it takes to walk in holiness. Amen. Hallelujah. I am preaching better than your faces are saying now. (laughs) Amen. Do whatever it takes to make things right. If you have a strained relationship and you've messed up and you've apologized, you've said, I am sorry. Now what now? Now you ask the other person, okay, what do you suggest I do to deal with this stuff? And allow them to give input. What do you think? What should I do? Should I go for counseling? Should I go to see a psychologist? What should I do? Should I go and speak to a friend to bring things into the light? What should I do? Because you know, no one is impressed with, I am sorry, a week later, I am sorry again. And 50 times later, I am sorry, there is no change in your behavior. That is not repentance. That is just a mockery of your relationship with that person. You need to change. You need to change your behavior. You need to change whatever is happening in your life, causing the pain to be messed the whole time. Ah, oh, it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart when I see relationships strained. And the impact on the kids breaks me. Was it uh, our son's school the one day and picking him up and I, I saw the kids of another couple who's going through a divorce. I think the boy is nine years old or whatever, but he came to his family in, in the car. Somebody else was picking him up. He came in, and the tears are just running down his face. Just held, and the family member just held him. Kids get crushed through divorce. And if we love our kids, we're going to fight for our relationships. If we love our kids, we're going to fight for getting selfishness out so we can truly be loving and kind. Come on, we can up our game. Amen. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Walk in the light. Get help. Be accountable. And then always be hot. Hot stands for humble, open, transparent. Come on, say it. I'm hot. (laughs) I'm hot. Be hot. Be humble. Own your stuff. Be open, be accountable, asking and allowing others to give you feedback. Be transparent, hide nothing. I tell you, there's such freedom in having no secrets. Not having to hide your internet search history. Nothing, nothing hidden, nothing hidden. Free. Just to be absolutely free. So, what do you need to change in your life? Where should you be upping your game? Because if one beer causes you to act like an idiot, stop the one beer. Just stop it. You don't need alcohol to enjoy yourself. Just stop it. Cut it out. Say, right, this December, no alcohol. I want harmonious, beautiful relationships. Amen. Do whatever it takes. But don't throw paint over everybody and cause pain in hearts because you're acting stupid. A prerequisite to a good relationship with God is to have good relationships with those around us. Prerequisite to a beautiful relationship with God. If you want a great relationship with God, then have beautiful relationship with those around you. I've seen this so many times. I remember years ago where I made a, especially made a lot of effort with Sonica to honor her. I bought her gifts and wrote card and just really went out of the norm 
to bless her and honor her and love her. I remember the, the voice of God just speaking to my heart, just saying, Andre, it pleases me greatly when you honor your wife. It pleases God. It pleases God. Husbands, do you know that God the Father is your father-in-law? And he's got a massive shotgun. And he's like, well, how are you treating my little girl? How are you treating her? Again, the fear of God. We have no rights. I have no right to treat my wife like dirt. I have no right to treat my son like dirt. I must honor them and value them and esteem them because ultimately they are God's children. We must treat people with value. But sometimes, you know, you've been married for quite a while. You like feel like you have the right to speak badly about somebody or to step all over their heart. No nonsense. Come on, say fear of God. Oh, it's beautiful. It delivers us from stupid. Amen. Come on, say that with me. Lord, deliver me from stupid. Yes, from the flesh, from selfishness. Let's value one another. Then another aspect of this is the danger of the wrong two. So let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right. And do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Bad company ruins good morals and will ruin your life. Oh, how many times I've spoken to people and they would tell me, uh, guys would tell me, yeah, no, I'm nicely on track. Everything's going well at home. I'm focused. I'm growing in God. And then when I spend time with that buddy, woo, one beer leads to five and to then the shooters and then the chaos, the chaos down the line. Bad company corrupts. You need to evaluate. Who are you spending time with? Who are you chilling with? You will become like your friends. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Look at your friends and ask yourself, do you want to be like that? If not, change your friends. Avoid some people or better, lead them to Jesus. Hey, come, let's go to church. Let's sort out our lives. We can't stuff around like this. Amen. So good Bad company ruins good morals. So who are you spending time with? The people we spend time with will influence us. If you spend time with a gossip, guess what? You're going to become a gossiper. If you spend time with a negative, complaining, offended somebody, guess what? That thing's going to jump on you. You're going to become the same. There's an atmosphere that we receive from the people around us. And I'm like, no, thank you. I want to spend time with people that move me to follow Jesus. I want to spend time with people that stirs faith in me. After I spend time with them, I'm like, man, I want to spend time with Jesus. I want to, I want to follow Christ. So this December, make sure you're spending time with the right people. And one of the other keys is you need to get a wingman or wingwoman. Here's an image of fighter jets. You know, fighter pilot, jet pilots, you know, you normally have a wingman or a wingwoman. So you, you, you fight together in pairs. You support one another. If you're under attack, then your buddy is there to cover you, to protect you, to help you. This is the power of two. You need somebody in your life. 
Somebody who knows everything about you. And not just your spouse. Probably somebody else if you're married. Your spouse and somebody else. But somebody can ask you those questions. Hey, Andre, how's your heart doing? How's your purity? Are you focused? How's the fire for Jesus? Are you still on fire for the Lord? Are you being distracted? How are you treating your wife? What's happening in your life? How are you guys doing? And to challenge you to come higher, to move higher. Okay, so it's called accountability. And it's to give an account for your ability. God has an incredible, beautiful destiny for your life. Do you want that? Well, then you need a wingman. You need a wingwoman. They say, hey, sort out your stuff. The wingwoman will tell you the right things. If you're offended, then that wingwoman is going to tell you, well, forgive. Not, oh, oh, they're so terrible to you. How dare they? No. Get over yourself and forgive. That is a good wingman. Amen. So who are you exposing yourself to? Who's your partner? And you need to go find that. It can't be told that you must. You need to go find somebody. And in our life groups, we, we, we're setting up what's called connect groups. So smaller groups of two or three that we can really connect with and engage with. So we can share what's happening in our lives. So do you have somebody that asks you the tough questions? Do you have somebody? I've seen this so many times. The solo flyers, they get shot down. The solo flyers get shot down. Don't be a solo flyer. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm not going to be a solo flyer. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Then another aspect. Matthew 18 verse 15. The power of two. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So this is a different angle. So in this case, somebody has hurt you. Somebody has offended you. And it says, if your brother sins against you, go to him alone, humbly, prayerfully, Lovingly and tell them, hey, when you said that, that really hurt me. When you did that, that really wounded me. I want to deal with this. I want to, I want to reconcile. I mean, this is a command from scripture. So we need to contend for relationship. We need to contend for relationship. So sometimes you got hurt and you don't know how to deal with it. You prayed about it. You've forgiven. You've tried to deal with it, but you're not getting that breakthrough. Then you need to take it one step further. Go to that person and say, hey, when, when you said that, that really hurt me. Maybe that's your spouse. Maybe that's a friend. Maybe that's someone in church. So about a month ago or so, and there was a couple in church that contacted me and I could pick up these offenses you know, and uh, so the day before our appointment, they sent me like a list of stuff that they want. I'm like, whoa, 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 because they were say they were afraid like when they're going to chat with me, they're going to not have the guts to actually tell me. So they sent me a WhatsApp. So they have to talk about it. But I loved it because we had the opportunity to talk and give understanding. And they gave their side. I gave my side. And it, ultimately, we reconciled beautifully. They understood where I was coming from. I understood where they were coming from. We forgave one another. And we were reconciled. 
And they were about to leave the church because they were just like they were unable to receive from me because of some of these things. You see, if you are offended with the leader, you can no longer receive. That's just how it works. So you must say, I'm not receiving anything in this church anymore. Ah, you're just offended. You are just disappointed. So allow God to reconcile. And please, not everybody make appointments with me now over the next... We will schedule it over the next year. Every week we'll have one one appointment to deal with things. But I love that, that somebody would actually contend for relationship and say, hey, help me to understand where you're coming from and let me share where I'm coming from. Let's contend for relationship. I believe God blesses that. So Chris Vallotton shares the story. He's a prophetic guy from the United States and Danny Silk was the pastoral guy. Chris is like the prophetic guy. And so Danny Silk, years ago in the 90s, came to the small church in, I think it was Weaverville, a small like rural church environment. And so Danny preached basically on this kind of message. Like you need to make right with people. You need to go to them and tell them, hey, you hurt me. So Chris says, oh, wonderful message. And then Danny was like at the end of the service, okay, guys, everybody right now, Go to people and make right. Now, right now. So Chris was like, everything's lacking. And then somebody came to him. And I go, okay, hi. And, 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 and as they were starting to engage, this guy said to me, to him, you, you really hurt me when you did that, when you said that. And as they were talking, another person came standing behind him. And another one, another one, another one. Ultimately, half of the church came to line up before Chris. He says it was the most terrific day of his life. Because he realized how many people he hurt in church through his prophetic gift. He exposed people's sins and he misused his gift. But the result is he made a mess. There was paint everywhere. And then he learned, no, he needs to use the gifts of God differently. He shouldn't use it to shame and to expose, but to build people up. And so maybe you need to speak to somebody. I want to challenge you to go to somebody and make right. If somebody has hurt you, make right. Come on, say it. I'm going to make right. Amen. The next few verses. But it says, but if he will not hear. So you've gone to that person, but they don't want to hear. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. In other words, if you get stuck, you're trying to reconcile, but it's not working, then get a mediator in. If you your spouse or your partner, you're trying to work things out and you're getting stuck, get help. Get help. If you're not, because God feels so strongly about relational unity, he's like, get help. Bring in another person to come and help you. And then it says, it continues, it says, um, but if you will not hear, take with you one or two more. It speaks about that mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word may be established. Then it continues. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. So this is like when it's like serious, major stuff. A lot of people getting hurt and someone's not dealing with their stuff. Then ultimately one needs to take to church. So God feels that strongly about, about relationships. But you need help. Sometimes, you know, we have, we, we have blind spots. In other words, we, we, we don't always see the way we are treating others. So if one person comes to you and, and, and they say, hey, when you do that, you know, you're in the life group, in the small group, and you, you talk too much, and you're a bit judgmental, and, 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 and you, you offend everybody or a lot of people in the group, and people don't want to come to the life group anymore, and like, 
that's not working. And you're like, no, that's not so. They're just sensitive. And so another person comes, there's another two or the three, the witnesses. Now they come and say, well, what Susie has said is actually true. You are abrasive. You talk too much. You offend people. You're judgmental. You really need to change your ways. Then you probably need to listen. But we need to ask people to give us feedback. They say, hey, am I doing something that's not working? Why are my relationships strained? Why are things not working? It's probably you that needs to work on something. So like 20 years ago, um, Sonica and I, you know, I, I, I would I have my guitar. I'd love to worship God. So I would just take out the guitar and I would be loud, like incredibly loud, top of my lungs Loud, because God's going to get a gift. He's going to get worship. So I am super loud. And my wife is like a sensitive soul and soft. So now one December, you guys see December is coming. That's when we talk about this kind of stuff. So one December, we're driving in the car and Sonic is trying to speak to me. So she's like, like, honey, Liffy, you know, when you worship, it's just a little bit loud, you know. I, I'm struggling to connect with God. And I'm like, and I mean, you know, Sonic, she's such a gentle soul. So she's trying so nicely. You, but I was offended. I'm like, what? You are just trampling over all of my beautiful worship to Jesus. How dare you, you insensitive woman. So I'm freaking out, upset and angry. It took a few hours to calm things down again. And then I'm like, okay, you're right. So I toned things down. So we could worship together. I had to make a few changes in the way I did. I needed to give some, someone had to give me feedback so that I could adapt the way I do things. Maybe there are some areas in your life that you need to change. You need to adapt. You need to get some feedback. And I tell, I say a few weeks ago, Husbands, ask your wife, honey, what is the one thing I need to work on? Not the 50, just the top of the list. Just give me that one little thing that I need to work on. Because wives normally have like 50 things. Just one thing. Guys, ladies, we can only work on one thing at a time. A man just focus on one thing. Okay, so give that feedback. Ask for that feedback because God is a God of relationship. Amen. The power of two, ending off Matthew 18, verse 19. It says, again, I say to you, if two, come on, say two, of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If any two of you agree on anything, Concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them on my Father. You see, there's this invitation. You see, when we have unity, then we can access the heavenly. When we are one, when we are in agreement, when we walk in humility and we are reconciled, whether that is a dad and a son that is united for the sake of the kingdom of God, when they agree together, the kingdom is going to come. Or a husband or a wife or two friends that are aligned for the kingdom of God. You're like, we, you pray together, you say, you ask, Father, we ask for this in the name of Jesus. Then heaven hears. You see, unity is the prerequisite to access the heavenly. There's this massive heavenly vault. 
with all the riches of heaven on the other side of this, this vault, this, these doors. And there's like a, a fingerprint reader, an iris scanner on the one side, and there's another one on the other side. And you can't get to both. So many Christians, the, the solo flyer is like, I'm going to make this work on my own. No, you need another person. It is the prerequisite. God checks for humility and relational integrity. And he is like, no, when the two of you united, loving one another, valuing one another, honoring one another, when you two come together before my throne, you can access the heavenly. And so you come and you put your fingerprint on the one, and the other one said, put your fingerprint over there, and you look and you scan the iris, and it says, welcome Tony Stark, you know. Probably or something, you know, and these beautiful vault doors open up then you can access the heavenly. You see, God is looking for unity. He is looking for integrity. He is looking for hearts surrendered to him and people who love one another well. It is the prerequisite to access the heavenly. So where are you at? Where are your relationships at? Are you prioritizing your relationships? Are you loving well? Are you forgiving? Because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Are you forgiving one another and allowing Jesus to unify? There is such power in unity. Amen? Hallelujah. So this December, I want to encourage you to access the heavenly, to invest in your relationships to access the power of two in the name of Jesus. Okay, so the worship team can join me on stage. Please stand with me. So I, I hope you're getting the message. Relationships matter to God. He's a relational God. Matters to God. But the starting point is this. You need to be present with the Lord if you want to be present in your relationships. I've just seen this so many times in my own life. My mind is distracted. My heart is distracted. I'm not connecting with the Lord. And now my wife and I, my wife is like looking forward to this intimate Eye to eye, heart to heart time. And I'm like, I am not present. I am distracted. My head is somewhere else. Woman, I see those beautiful eyes. You're looking at my soul. You are peering into the recent, the deepest parts of my being. And I can't give you what you want. Because I'm distracted. I haven't spent time with Jesus. I haven't been at the feet of Christ. I haven't been filled up with the love of God. I cannot give to you what you now need. It begins with being present with God. So that you can be present with your loved ones. Otherwise selfishness will arise. You're going to be distracted. You're not going to listen. You're not going to be present. You're not going to love well. So how's your December going to look? How's your relationships? How how, how are they going to look this holiday? Harmony to amplify the beauty of life. Or you're going to be again. 
issues. I know all the unmarried people are looking at me like, what are you talking about? (laughs) The fight is real. The fight is real to have unity. So this is the challenge. Number one, become present with God. You need to come and sit at His feet as a lifestyle. So you can be present for your friends, family, loved ones. So how's your relationship with Jesus today? If you close your eyes, what's going through your head? Black Friday. Discounted deals. Yes, yes. Bye, bye. Oh, this time of the year is shocking. Bombard it with buy it. It's gonna, oh, it's gonna make you happy. It's not, not gonna make you happy. Only Jesus will bring peace to your heart, to your soul. So what's filling your heart? What's filling your mind? Maybe there's some stuff you need to lay down so that you can have beautiful relationships. I tell you, you cannot love like God calls you to love unless you are connected to the King of Kings. So come. Come back into that place of intimacy with God. And then secondly... Who are those people that you need to be reconciled with? Who is that person that's offended with you? And who is that person that has maybe hurt you? That you need to be reconciled with. It pleases the heart of God when you are reconciled. So that's my challenge to you for this week. Phone somebody. Make an appointment with somebody. But fight for the power of two. Clean up your mess. Remove the paint, the pain of people's lives. Own your stuff. Own your stuff. And you can amplify the beauty of life. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.